Hi, my name is William Maranto, economist at OCBC Bank. Thank you for joining me today, OCBC Insights, where I'd like to discuss whether Indonesia can escape a recession this year. The central bank, Bank Indonesia, just cut its policy rate by 25 basis points in its June policy meeting, and now rate at 4.25%. That is a low level last seen in 2018, and the lowest point since adopted uh, the seven-day reverse repo rate as its policy rate in 2016. One big reason why BI has cut rate uh, after pausing for a few months is the fact that economic growth outturn has been weaker than is previously anticipated. Uh, indeed, it has recently trimmed its growth forecast for 2020 from 2.3% before to now a range of 09 to 1.9%. This follows a similar downward shift in growth outlook by the government just a few days before. Finance Minister Srimulani noted that Indonesia's growth this year is likely to be just between 0 and 1%, relatively more downbeat than the central bank. Indeed, she warned that uh, full-year contraction, meaning a negative growth rate this year, is a distinct possibility as well. This is quite remarkable, given that not so long ago, Indonesia is so used to printing growth of around 5%, indeed hugging 5% so closely, that some analysts started to question whether the numbers are actually credible. In any case, now the question should be really whether Indonesia uh, can escape a recession. Now, because I work as an economist, so my answer will be, uh, it depends. Depends specifically on how we define the term recession itself. The cruel joke, of course, is that a recession is when you, your neighbor loses his job versus a depression is when you lose yours. On a more technical level, oftentimes it's defined as whether the economy suffers to consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. By that definition, in Indonesia's case, a half recession is actually already baked in the cake, given that the second quarter, Q2, where we are now, is highly likely to see a negative growth print compared to the already subdued, uh, although still positive, 2.97% we saw in the first quarter. The government, for instance, noted that Q2 growth might be as slow as negative 3.1. We reckon that the risk might be a bit lower, uh, minus 4%, uh, given that uh, it suffered quite a bit of damage in April uh, and also in May. Even as some parts of the economy re has reopened, uh, including malls and restaurants in the capital city of Jakarta since early June, it's going to be tough for them to make up all the losses for the first two months of the quarter. Uh, it takes nothing short, that short of a miracle. Now, how about Q3? Uh, now, best case is that uh, our best guess is that at this point, the economy can eke out enough growth to stay in the positive growth territory, uh, which means Indonesia can therefore escape a recession, technically speaking. Still, uh, the buffer is quite slim. We see growth at just 0.5%, uh, picking up maybe to 2% by Q4. Putting all together, the average growth uh, will be just about 0.4%, quite sad. Uh, on the surface, it's not too shabby uh, if you consider how regional peers like Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand are all going to see, uh, most likely, uh, negative prints for the year. Still easily going to be worse performance since the Asian financial crisis uh, when Indonesia contracted by 13%. Even during the Lehman crisis 2008, growth was still a respectable 4.5%. What is different this time around? It's not just that the shock has been pervasive. It hit all sectors of the economy. It's also so sudden, out from the left field, leaving very little response time. Moreover, unfortunately, for like other countries across the world, the risk remains quite skewed to the downside. 
if there is say a serious second wave of virus infections in major economies then any talk of second half global recovery that allows uh, exporters for Indonesia to breathe more easily would be too optimistic. Uh, this is not our baseline expectation, but given the uptick in cases from anywhere from Beijing to Florida and Texas in the US, this is obviously an area that we want to keep an eye on. Now, speaking of virus itself, one risk that we have to watch very closely indeed is actually Indonesia's own domestic outbreak situation. Unlike other countries, there's actually been an uh, absence of any sign uh, that you know, Indonesia's outbreak has ever plateaued, so much so that we cannot really see this situation now uh, as a second wave. And then the number of cases continue to pick up at a higher rate than before, new infections averaging 1,000 a day uh, lately. Well, this may be due to a more serious effort in testing uh, more people. The fact that there are also new hotspots, however, concern us. Uh, places like South Kalimantan, South Sulawesi, not to mention the second largest city uh, in Indonesia, which is Rabai and East Java, uh, also uh, classified as new hotspots. To add to that, the number of deaths also has not been coming down, with over 40 fatalities a day on average that can be attributed to the virus. Now, um, government has been reluctant uh, to enact any further stringent lockdown measures due to the obvious heavy economic toll, uh, especially as the major economic center of Jakarta is just exiting from it. If the outbreak situation persists or worsens, it might have little choice, however. Now, again, this is not a base case, but definitely something that weighs on our minds. Hence, in terms of policy response, both the fiscal authorities and the central bank have been trying to do their best within uh, the limited toolkit that they have. Uh, first of all, fiscal deficit to GDP ratio that used to be 3%, cap at 3%, that rule has now suspended. It allows the government to spend more on stimulus to try to at least cushion the blow. Uh, no less importantly, it provides funds for the much challenged uh, healthcare sector. Fiscal deficit target has also been repeatedly, repeatedly revised up to now close to 6.4% of GDP. To help finance that, the law now allows the central bank to step in to buy at the primary auction stage. Uh, not more than 25%. Uh, even then, there has been pressure from some uh, some people in the parliament uh, in questioning why the government must pay the central bank such high interest, red, uh, interest rates on the debt, making things potentially rather more complicated. What this has done is uh, I think Bihai has come under a bit of compulsion to be seen to help the economy. It has many other considerations in mind. Of course, uh, the fact that rupiah has regained some vigor, indeed rupiah has strengthened quite a bit to 14,000 level against the greenback compared to over 16,500 uh, 16, uh, level in March. So there is some space for the cut rate and indeed has used that. Moreover, uh, it may well cut again uh, to 4.0% potentially in the next meeting if the global market remains cooperative. However, all in all, we reckon that the next time it cuts, might also be the last time it cuts. Uh, no matter what, Indonesia is still very much dependent on for, uh, foreign inflows, uh, foreign bond inflows specifically, to help finance its uh, fiscal deficit. Even more so now, given the even higher deficit. So going by, by our anal analysis, uh, using random forest model uh, as a machine learning technique, out of the domestic factors that matter, uh, that affect fund flows, policy rate cap ranks quite high which means that in order to help attract bond inflows uh, to help fund the deficit, BI needs to keep the policy rate relatively high compared to the Federal Reserve's rate. Uh, all in all, like uh, other countries, Indonesia is facing an unprecedented, unprecedented array of challenges, especially on how to fight the virus, 
without killing the economy. It has not been easy, to say the least. In terms of numbers purely, we still think Indonesia can avoid the recession, but it will take quite a bit of effort, especially in terms of cutting off uh, some of this uh, new outbreak of virus. Uh, let's us, uh, let us wish the 260 million Indonesians all the best, and thank you for your time. This has been a podcast from OCBC Bank. Follow us on Spotify for more episodes like the one you've just heard.